0: Either try to make it seem like it's your responsibility to fully take care of this kid, which it's not. It's, it's your responsibility to be an example for him, but he has a father. It's not my responsibility to be his father, it's just to be another example for him. It was not an expectation that suddenly I should, everything that the dad is supposed to do, I'm supposed to do now. That was never the expectation, or that if we ever went our separate ways and he wanted to reach out to me, that she would stop that from happening. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Wildy Podcast, where our primary goal is to keep you informed and to be your central point of contact for what's happening around us. And anytime we get a chance, we like to give you something to think about. So if you're new to the show, we cover a wide range of topics from society to sobriety from the culture to the vultures. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Today's discussion, keeping with the 90s theme, we call it Step by Step. We talk about the importance of talking with your partner, asking your partner questions, and getting them to know your stepchild. I really enjoyed this conversation and think you will too. But make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. So thank you for your support, feedback, and your ratings. welcome welcome to another show I'm excited to be here today got my brother Joe with me Joe how are you doing fantastic brother how are you man everything is great everything is great hey look I know typically I I ask how are you but I don't want to be that person that's just asking and it's like asking and passing like when I'm checking in I want to check in on some real things that are going on and I just want to make sure physically you're good mentally you're good. You know, as yeah. far as the obstacles that come on it, come on through life, you're good. And there's nothing that's stopping you from being your best self. So when I'm asking, how are you doing? That's what I really mean. So if you could go through, let me know. Let me know. How are you yeah. doing?
0: Man, again, I'm doing fantastic. I, um, e- Even though I'm on vacation, I-, I guess it's vacation, I'm still working, but in another state, uh, I'm still able to exercise so that's fantastic my physical is is right where it needs to be uh mental every wednesday i have my my sessions with my with my coach uh, my therapist so i just had my my session earlier this morning so mentally i'm feeling strong and and uh motivated to continue that work to get right Uh, so emotionally that's what we're dealing with so i feel like everything is good that's why i said that because I, i literally just had that conversation this morning Uh, Feeling good, ready to work out. I didn't get to do it this morning, but I'm going to be able to do it this afternoon. So uh, I'm feeling fantastic, my brother. And when I ask the question, I I assume that your response is similarly based, that you've already kind of thought through all of those same things. So your response is in accordance to that.
1: That's awesome. Well, we're on the same page. I am doing great on my end. I uh, Sticking with the same theme Uh, yesterday, we just hung out by the pool uh, in the evening time and um you know i'm trying to i'm trying to have a big reveal for this summer so i still got a lot of work to do i know you said you're not into all the the muscles and stuff but i got kids that joke on me so i gotta <laughs> 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 so i gotta step my game up i got up this morning i did some running um then i did uh, i have a heavy jump rope so mm-hmm. um, i did a few sets of 100 with the heavy jump rope um, that was good. Hopefully, a little bit later on today, I can I can balance it out with some yoga and some stretching, and yeah. uh, my uh, healthiest version of myself. And that that's physical. The way that yeah. I look at it, uh, the, one has to pull the other, right? So if I'm lacking in a in a mental, physical is going to help get me there. If I'm lacking in the physical, the mental is going to help get me there. But I need both to to survive and to be the best version of myself. So. Um, I'm working on it, man. Everything's good. Everything's good. I'm doing my audio books, um, doing a little reading on the side, uh, you know, alternating back and forth. Projects are coming along well. So everything's good, man.
0: That's fantastic. Now, I, I want to stop here for a second because you mentioned something. I don't think people realize how important it is. Stretching.
1: You want me to talk about it?
0: <laughs> well, yes, I do. But I had to take a dramatic pause there for a second because I think about Grant Hill. For anybody who knows anything about sports, Grant Hill was this phenomenal athlete, phenomenal basketball player, Uh, and right before the end of his rookie deal uh, in in Detroit, my hometown, so this is why it's near and dear to my heart, he winds up breaking his foot, and he, years later, several surgeries later, several staph infections later, he's able to come back and play at a high level, and he's like 37, 38 still playing at a really high level and he was saying the most important lesson that he learned through all of that was stretching Mm. so when i heard him say that and i'm watching him still you know on phoenix uh, at 37 38 39 heck he might even been 40 at that point i I can't remember exactly but i'm seeing him play and now he's a defensive stopper at that age that was kind of his position i was like all right i need to start stretching so now when i do my workouts After every single workout, and I I go from anywhere from four to six times a week, um, I do a 10-minute stretch after every single time. And from when I was younger and never stretched to older now, stretching every time, I can feel the difference in my body. So I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, if you have anything extra to add there, please do.
1: Well, I, I feel like that's how you really know what's going on in your body through stretching. And it's also from a preventative standpoint, uh, you can prevent a lot of injuries. I remember man, I used to be like all the way up to maybe like, I would say 30, I would just show up. Right. I didn't have to stretch. And I remember playing sports at a young age. That's exactly what I would do. Like, man, why do we have to stretch? Why do we have to stretch? But I also remember a lot of people laying out and just cramping, cramping in the middle of practice. And then you got to figure out all these types of things you got to do, drink, a drink, pickle juice or eat a banana. And in the middle of the game, some people, when it's time, when it's your time to shine, some people had to sit on the sideline and, and work out those cramps. Yep. So from that standpoint, staying hydrated and stretching, remaining pliable, that's something that I live by. I mean, stretching yourself period. Right. So if you're doing it physically, like I said, it's going to pull mentally and I stick with it.
0: Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it better, man. Um, So if you're into total wellness, please do not overlook the value and importance of stretching. Total sidebar, total sidebar. But I thought that was a great call out,
1: man. We could do a whole session talking about stretching. Yeah, Um, I I would I would equate many injuries to uh, the lack of stretching. Um, And I would even go as far to say that it is a form of meditation.
0: Man. So. So it's, it's funny you say that. I was going to kind of double down on it and say I was so surprised at the lack of flexibility with the majority of dudes that I knew. Um, oddly enough, I've been a workout type of guy for, for a long, long time. And at work on our lunch break, we would go out downtown Nashville and we would run and then we would do some some of the training stuff because a, a good friend of mine, he also used to train. Uh, MMA. So we would run like two two miles or something, and we'd get over there by the stadium in the grass across the street, and, and we would just kind of do some of the training drills that we would normally do uh, at the gym. And so people, of course, wanted to come with us because they wanted to get in shape too. doing no lie. I was like, the majority of you guys can't sit Indian style. And it was the, it was so strange to me that somebody couldn't do that. But it, it just its to your point, it's sometimes it's your body type. Maybe your body just ain't going to move that way. Sometimes it's just a lack of mobility and that comes from not stretching.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I would actually suggest that anybody that is struggling with that and not able to reach down and touch your toes or go a little further, then that's okay. Just push to the point where you're getting that resistance mm-hmm. and make it your aim to just go a little bit further. Don't yep. do the bouncy, bouncy. The bouncy, bouncy, you're gonna cause a tear. Yep. Uh, but just push to that point of resistance and feel it. Feel it, take it in, breathe. Uh, it's a good meditation uh, secret, something that I do daily. And um, I'm gonna keep on practicing for every day of my life. So, for the rest of my life. So, hey, love great it. conversation, great sidebar. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about, now that I know that you're physically and mentally strong, my my good brother is um uh, last episode that we talked about we talked about family matters and we 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 really dug into the framework of of the family and certain key elements of it uh, but I want to keep on that same theme going from family matters to step by step you in particular Joel you actually have a particular situation that one that I'm not familiar with. So I'm really going to lean on you and your expertise or your experience, um, just on the thought process of step by step and let you guide us through this conversation. How about that?
0: Well, I, there's so many places to start. But uh, when I think about step by step and again, following in line with the 90s nostalgia topics and how it uh, how it can be paralleled or correlated to what we're living right now when I think about step-by-step, I had to change my thinking first and foremost. I had this grandiose dream and plan of uniting all people of color, all Black people around the world, and and we're this unified strong fist and and we can strike a mighty blow. And then I started to realize, well, there's probably never going to be a time when everybody's going to be aligned with the same goals, same vision, same aspirations. So, in terms of step by step, we know that there are issues in the community, we can talk about what the potential causes could be. And that could be a couple of episodes itself. But one of the first things I feel like we probably need to do is have like, just small little powwows around the world, you know, in various circles, where it's it's like a uh, a state of the race conversation. So what's going on? And how can we kind of change that? And one of the first steps for me is Black men, Black women. How are we interacting with each other? Because the key to me is, is the family. In any society, it's going to be the family structure. That's always my thought process. What that family looks like and, and what it uh, what is a result of that family. Like what leaves out of your front door every day. Um, that's kind of where things start for me. And based off of, if you decide to have children, what do the children see when they're looking at you? And then your, your ability to deal with conflicts and, and relationships, not just with your significant other, but other people. So that's for me where everything starts. It's number one, what is the state of the race? What, how are we interacting with one another? And based off of that, we can kind of continue to go. So before I go too far, is this where we want to go? Should I dig more into that part of it or do we want to get a little bit more broad?
1: Well, I'll start off with, at least for me, the way the way that I would want to go is uh, digging into some of the, the broader topics and then drilling down. So we're going okay. to zoom out for a little bit and then zoom okay. in. Building off of family matters is a, is a great way to talk about step by step. So I want to think about like the union. Right. And you can you can look at it from you know your lens or the black family lens. But just want to get your thoughts on. When someone is bringing in a, uh, a, a child into a relationship, do you feel like there are times where there are unrealistic expectations in marriage?
0: Yes, I do. And that's unfortunate, but it's a reality. Uh, and, and let me start by a quick preface when step by step. So let's talk about step parenting. Uh, before you decide to engage in a relationship with a person that has a child, there's some things you really need to consider. And it, sometimes it's just small stuff. Uh, like you want to you wanna go on a date. Um, if there's no babysitter in place and you want to do something at the house, what can you listen to on the radio? What can you watch on the television? So little things like that that you need to consider. Um, And I'll go a little bit more specific to me. One of the biggest challenges for me was not that the trying to develop a relationship with the child, the child relationship is always the easiest thing to establish because for most kids, they see an adult and you're just a stranger until you play with them. Then once you play with them, y'all are best friends. So that's the easy part. The difficult part is the relationship with the adults. Uh, And in my situation, we never had any, any like major blowups or, or, fights or anything crazy that took place, but there was some maturing that had to take place along the journey before we got to the place where we are now. And even still right now, um, my bonus son, his father and I, we're cool. We're very cordial. We can have a conversation, um, but we're not friends. And I don't know if there will ever become a time where we are friends, um, but there's a level of respect that I expect uh, and and then one of the challenges that, feels like, that I have, and it feels like it's stepping on the respect toes of Joel, is the reality is if you have a child in your care and they have another parent that is present in their life, that person will have some type of an impact in your home. And as a man, that's very, very challenging because that man is not in your home. They're not really adding anything to your home except for their opinions on how and what should happen with that child in certain instances. So that that's a great one in terms of that step-by-step is how do you manage and what are the challenges? Is this something that I should avoid? Am I prepared mentally, emotionally uh, to deal with that situation? Um, because if you're not, then it's not going to be a wise move to make.
1: Okay, and and if we could just really quick, just for some background, When you and your wife decided to get together, at what age was your bonus son?
0: Oh my goodness! I think he may have just
1: turned,
0: or was just. No, I'm sorry. He he hadn't turned six yet. He was about to be six.
1: Okay. Okay. So he it wasn't like he was a a baby. Right. And yeah, I got you. So he has experience being around his his father, and his father's still around, still active, and he he knows who his dad is, uh, what his role, what your role is and that you and his mother are together.
0: Yes. And, and when we met, they were actually splitting time. So he was with her one week, he was with him the next week. Okay. So he was very familiar with what was going on and had a good understanding of at least the dynamic between mom and dad and was learning about me and who I was and why I was around.
1: Man, I think that's pretty cool. I I would say that my situation is totally different. Um, I'm the type of person that, like, I like to switch things up. I like to keep things entertaining. And just my personal story, um, I used to travel in the music industry, and this is something that I would just go at certain places, certain locations for a period of time. Well me and my wife then she was just my close friend and that's how we maintain our relationship. We were just really good friends until we decided to get married. I don't know maybe some people have situations like that maybe it's just it's just a like our thing and and that was a beautiful thing but then I just said I said I wanted to know if she really loved me for me. So let me tell you what I did man I said okay. hey you remember that one time that I was out in St. Louis for a little bit? Well, something happened and now she's popped up and she says she's pregnant. <laughs> and, um, Joe, my wife told me, Hey, you know, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be dealing with that baby mama stuff. So I'm sorry. Well, we could just be friends. We can't take this thing seriously. Mm. And I really dug into that thought process. And maybe one day she'll be willing to come in and share her thought process i'm pretty sure she's gonna listen to this and, and and give me some feedback but i think it'll be important just to understand uh, what her thought process was and why she said no because and i think it may have something to do with something that she saw growing up that she was like i, I just can't take on that type of responsibility for you taking on that responsibility knowing that you're getting to know somebody and not just that but Bringing in a union or or creating a union and coming together and taking on this bonus son, I just want you to walk through your thought process going through that like because I'm looking at my situation and I'm like, I almost lost my future
0: yeah
1: if if this would have been a mistake that I really made and not playing a joke, everybody yeah. I didn't clarify that was a joke that was not my situation, right um but for you. Like, what was your thought process in taking on and going into this relationship to where maybe you're still balancing and trying to, you know, find your way through things and navigating through different life scenarios, but that's something that you were committed to and obviously flourishing in seven years later.
0: Yeah. So first, let me say you were playing a dangerous game, sir. (laughs) That is... Yeah. Whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it got to the point I was joking so much that I don't even think she believed it. I was joking, you know. So, yeah. yeah. I, I need some time, you know. Yeah. But uh, Yep.
0: Yeah. I couldn't have done that one, brother. that, that that's that's a dangerous one. But um, I mean, it did help you to get some perspective I, from what you're saying. So I get it. I get it. Uh, now in, in my situation, I'm gonna be honest with you again, man. You know, I. I, I sometimes I feel like I'm too transparent, but growing up, you know, I, I might have mentioned this before, um, but three kids, you know, myself, my older brother, my younger sister, three different fathers. And I used to always say, I would never date one more with children, always used to say it, never. And then I got older, probably like 18, 19, somewhere around there. And I was like, dang, Joel, if you're saying this, what are you saying about your mom? What are you saying about your cousins? What are you saying about all these people? And then what I did when I because before I met my wife, I was in a relationship with a woman that had a kid and I didn't really like the woman, but I fell in love with the kid and I, I found myself being so connected that I stayed even though I didn't want to be there. And I. I had made up my mind that, all right, this is just what life is going to be. It's going to suck because the minute I step away and find something that I really want, she's going to pull this child out of my life. Uh, and, and eventually that's exactly what happened. Um, but it got to the to the next, I met my wife and found out she had a kid. And what I did, and, and I, I I don't know if this is the right thing or the wrong thing, but I basically was justifying um, my mom. And those women that were in my life, like I said, cousins and things like that, that had uh, kids and and were single, trying to make it seem like it wasn't as bad as it really was. So hey, you know, they deserve love too, and blah blah blah. Regardless. And then I got to my wife, and I was like, Nah, I don't know if I don't know if if I can handle this. I made okay. excuses before because it was my situation. I didn't want to make my mom look bad or I didn't want to feel like I was saying something negative about my mom, as opposed to just having a standard that I maintained. So I was like, "Now nah, I need to be careful with this. Either this is going to be like somebody that I can marry or this is, this is something that I can't deal with at all. And as a result of the time we were able to spend because of the situation we found ourselves in, we got to move forward in terms of getting to know each other really, really quickly because of the amount of time we could spend. And as a part of that, that was some of the conversation was, you know, I I said I would never date a woman with children. You know the situation I just came out of. I don't want to continue to raise other people's kids and then it go bad. And I'm, you know, I have now removed myself or act like this situation never took place. Uh, so it was it was a heavy point of uh, conversation, but because of the way my wife is, uh, her mentality, her, her behavior, she never exhibited any of the things or those signs that you probably should pay attention to where somebody would uh, either try to make it seem like it's your responsibility to fully mm-hmm. take care of this kid, which is not. It's, it's your responsibility to be an example for him, but he has a father. It's not my responsibility to be his father. It's just to be another example for him. Uh, And it was not an expectation that suddenly I should everything that the dad is supposed to do, I'm supposed to do now. That was never the expectation or that if we ever went our separate ways and he wanted to reach out to me, that she would stop that from happening. So that's the only reason why I was able to comfortably in my emotions, in my mind, get beyond the fact that, you know, this this child has a father, you know, he's going to get to an age where as most of us young men do we we kind of buck the system and then like Mm -hmm. what does that look like so how do i put it down early because his dad was uncomfortable at first with me um disciplining physically
1: well and And, that's what i want to if if i could and not not to cut you off but i want to talk about that piece yeah from the perspective of like i know like our culture i'm familiar with that but for the individuals that may be listening that aren't familiar with it there is uh, certain types of boundaries. When you're in a blended family where discipline, thoughts and approaches on discipline, even just in a you and your wife and how you discipline your child together, uh, there may be a different type of approach to discipline. But when it's involving a, a bonus child, I would really like to tap into your thought process or how you navigate it through the relationship with your bonish son and the relationship with your wife and relationship with his father.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was tough. Um, because he, he did and he and this is the sucky part. Like I said, um, he's younger than I am. Uh, my bonus son's father is younger than I am. Uh, so I, I believe it was some maturing that needed to take place on his behalf where, you know, as a man, you want to poke your chest out all the time. Uh, and it, it it was a legitimate case of, no, nah, I don't want no other man putting their hands on my son. Like, you know, I don't want that. And I was like, okay, I can respect that at first because I know, number one, you're young. You need to, you need to do some maturing. I said, however... Because we never had this conversation. He would never, you know, connect with me at first. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm wide open, you know, if we want to talk. But he never wanted to do it at first. Um, so I told my wife, I was like, that's fine that he doesn't want that. I was like, however, if, if anything ever goes too far, that's going to be something that you're going to have to deal with because I'm not going to allow any, any person, especially a child that's in my house under my care to move how they want to move. Now, nothing ever happened where I physically had to, to spank. And I was also very mindful of how his dad felt about that. But there were a couple of times where I had to him up, you know, grab by the collar and push up against the wall, do stuff like that, um, because I did need to establish a pecking order. And, and even now, as he gets older, um, I, I can I can see there being more of a fear to buck the system against his father who has been able to physically discipline versus me who really didn't have that opportunity outside of a couple of run-ins where I had to remind him you know that I was much bigger much stronger but what happens if he gets bigger and stronger Mm. Um, so it went from me not disciplining physically at all uh to a couple of him ups to now I talk to him like he's a grown man And and I think that messed him up initially because it wasn't the physical part of it that should have been there, but it was me being very honest about who he was and what he, what he could potentially become if behavior stayed the same. So to sum it up, that's still a problem for me. Now, even though he's 13 and it's not a whole lot of spanking, uh, I'm doing to somebody at 13, unless it's something crazy that goes on or, or, you know, like physical discipline, unless something crazy goes on, um. But, but honestly, that was a challenge the entire time. And even now I think about, like I said, if he decides he wants to buck up now, am I going to have to physically hem him up because I didn't have the opportunity to put that same foundation of mm-hmm. uh, fear slash respect that his father was able to?
1: Okay, I get that. So all right, what, what I want to do right now, and that's a lot to take in, but I want to give you an opportunity to speak on some things that a lot of people don't speak on and okay. it's, it's, it's from an observation point of view right so one thing that comes to mind is the guilty father syndrome and i'm not sure if you're familiar with that or that phrasing but i'm pretty sure you're familiar with the, the actions it's when like a, a father's guilt about like a family not being together manifests in a uncontrollable need to please emotionally wounded children
0: yeah. gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, but here's the, here's the crazy part. Uh, and this is much, much deeper than that. It goes beyond just dad. It's on dad's side. What is grandma on that side doing? Granddad, what are they doing? What are on my side? What is grandma doing and aunts and uncles because they see this child as, as feeling like maybe they are emotionally disturbed because they understand the situation so people i feel like sometimes they coddle and i'm like that we can't do that Mm -hmm. but then i look at even even like mom and i give a great example we came here for this trip to minnesota he had another trip planned to go to chicago like right after this and in my mind i'm like you know that's your son and you know your money so you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say no he can't go but how did he earn that? And I think the disservice to your point that comes from all three of us, his dad, uh, mom, and me, uh, me to an extent, uh, is, this is just so much giving, giving, giving. And his dad and I actually have very, very similar backgrounds. And, and, and even oddly enough, he's also from Detroit. Wow. So it's, it's all these things and he and I that are so similar. And our background, our experiences, and we want to make sure that he doesn't have those same experiences. So I believe both of us in that area, I know I overcompensate, just trying to make sure that no child has to experience what I experienced. So I know I overcompensate there and I know he does too, but he has the added pressure of feeling like he's not there. Like for a while he moved, he was out of the state uh, for a couple of years and he would still, you know, we would send him there And he would, whenever he could come in town, he would do that. But after that, it was like, yeah, absolutely gift, 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 just trying to do things to, to fill in the void or the gap of time and space that he can't get back. And mom was always, you know, his mom, my wife was always worried about that and, and it disturbed her and it bothered her. And sometimes it would bother me that she would be concerned about his dad. Cause I'm like, what, what does that matter? Mm -hmm. you know, to you. But again, that's that maturing process. And I'm like, at the age where I am now, in terms of maturity, not just numerical, but the maturity age that I'm at now, I am totally confident and comfortable with me and who I am and the decisions I make. I can't control an emotion she has, where the emotion may come from, what she's doing, maybe as an overcompensation for the kid, what he's doing. Only thing I can do is call it out. So so that's what we do. And those are conversations we've had, uh, the three of us, because now the three of us, we can get together. We can sit down and talk about what's going on. But it took years to get there.
1: I mean, well, that's just a testament to hard work and perseverance towards the goal of being united. Um, and on the same page, believe it or not, the way that I'm looking at it is um, your bonus child's father is a part of your family whether you want him to be yes. or not right because yes. he's a part of your family's family and yep. you take on that um but you did bring up a, a great point in regards to gifts and it doesn't have anything to do just with the father and in this situation it could be the mother as well but also that person's parents so the grandparents of of your bonus child and uh, you know, aunties, uncles, whatever. Uh, but from that viewpoint, I'm thinking about love languages. And I also think it's extremely important that you understand how your family wants to be loved and in individuals in, in your relationships, period. You just want to be loved. That way you can communicate to them in that style and that framework. Some people take gifts, and the gifts may represent, hey, I miss you and I've been thinking about you. But if that's not their language, and it really doesn't resonate with them it could be quality time and i've seen situations where people get the gifts and they have it but it doesn't mean anything to them they just throw it to the side right because they want quality time or they want acts of service so from that viewpoint it makes me think we need us as a community we have to do better from that viewpoint um but then it leads me to this next question and then i want to get into your steps um for the black family. So first off, if you could just kick off, like from your perspective, what comes first in the family? And I'm thinking about things like you may have kids, you you got um, finances, your job or um, the marriage, but what comes first?
0: Yeah. So that that's a hard one because I, I, it's going to sound crazy, but my wife I believe, should always be number one. The kids, while you love them and and while they're extremely vulnerable, especially when they're young, unfortunately, they find themselves taking precedent because they're helpless. They are completely dependent. Uh, And as they become less dependent, then you can kind of shift that focus. But the problem is the the shift doesn't always focus back. So in the case of a person coming into a relationship with a stepchild that's already there. That's already a problem because the, the the time allocation isn't going to be what it needs to be to fully develop a relationship. And it's funny because my wife and I, you know, especially on the weeks where she didn't have him, we were able to just dedicate all that time to us, but the times when he was, He was he was a little bit more independent because, like I said, he was six. He just turned six. Um, But he still had needs that would supersede mine. So Mm -hmm. there were times where she could not put me first. And and I was like, you know, I've just came out of this situation with this child. So I I understand why this happens, because, you know, young children need this. Um, But then you have another child after that. And what happens? So it's, it's very problematic to, you, to your point. That's a great, a great call out to bring up is what comes first. It should be your spouse. Mm-hmm. The problem is you get caught up in these routines daily. You wake up, you do whatever you got to do to get ready, prepare for the day with yourself and with your children. You get them to school. You go to work. You come home. You pick up you, whatever extracurricular activities you got. You eat dinner. You get baths then you're sitting down for the night. So it's you are getting these routines where you can't even truly create that standard or that pecking order of what comes first. But, you know, again, to answer the question, wife should come first, but she doesn't always. Um, then children. And then the reason I believe that is the structure that you create with your spouse in a house with children watching is critical to their development. If you can help them with their, especially those formative years, help them with proper development steps. Then, as they get older and decide whether or not they want to, you know, get married, they've already got a blueprint that's not based off of just a bias of what mom and dad did, because mom and dad didn't create the standard based off of their personal biases, even though that happens a lot too. Uh, and then from there, everything else has to fall in place. Finances is, is is a big cause for divorce, yes, but you have to. You know, determine that with your spouse. Like, those conversations have to happen. Like, what is the definition of success to you? What is mm-hmm. it to me? Mm-hmm. Well, how can we achieve a level of success together where it's not just based off of having the biggest house, most cars, best clothes, best neighborhood, vacations, and all of that stuff, but quality of life? What do we want to achieve together? Again, conversations that people don't necessarily have. It's more about where do you want to be in 10, 15, 20 years? And that's not a bad thing to think about. But it doesn't leave much room for fluidity uh, with the, the ever evolving situation that kids can bring to the table.
1: I like that. I like that. Now, Typically, I heard like, hey, your marriage comes first. And, uh, you know, from my biblical background, actually, say, hey, "Put God first with God and then the marriage and then your kids. Uh, but truthfully, at least from my perspective. I have to find a way to make everybody in my family feel like I'm putting them first and even though the strength is going to come and the foundation is going to come from the marriage my kids pick up on that and they're like hey you spending too much time with mommy you know like take me out let's do something you know let's have some fun and yep. my son he's like hey I didn't see you too much today so I'm sleeping in your bed you know <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm trying to work around that at least right now to where I'm loving them the way that they want to be loved. And in that way, from that perspective, I'm putting them first because I'm putting their needs first and giving them the love that they want. Yeah. So with that being said, Joe, I want you to uh, just walk through the black family and and let's go through those steps.
0: Sure. So uh, now my vision or, or perspective might be a little skewed on this because I, I did come from what they would Uh, referred to as a broken home, you know, the the typical broken home where grandma's there, mom is there, and then the siblings. And then, as we mentioned on a previous episode, uh, other family members from time to time that had to come and live with us. Right. Um, But what I want to do, I want to do it a little different, though. I want to do what I believe the ideal situation is. And when I say ideal, I don't mean perfect, you know, without flaw, but the best way to have the best result. Um, Number one, before you even consider getting married, you got to take stock of what you've been through and who you are as a result of it. And as I mentioned, I I got a therapist now because I understand that there are things that I'm, I'm especially now as these things are being uncovered in these conversations, I'm understanding that. All right, it's super critical that you deal with some of these things before you take on such an endeavor, because marriage is probably one of the harder things that you'll have to go through um, if you're not properly prepared. Um, Once you kind of develop that love for yourself and you have uh, um, that foundation of what your idea of success looks like, uh, and it's not always just based off of things, then you can align yourself with somebody else. So when you're looking for a, a partner... Uh, especially women, like the women in my family, are always told, "Make sure he has a good job. Make sure he has his own place. He's a he has his car. You're not a mama's boy." You know these typical silly things that don't that don't bear fruit in a real relationship. But instead, having those conversations about standards, morals. Um, your your own personal code of ethics and, and how you plan to function and how that works with this person. So religion, you know, the term unequally yoked, they talk about that all the time. Yeah. And the reason that's interesting to me is because it goes beyond just whether I go to this type of church and you go to this type and can we get together, but it's more about your fundamental principles. Once you get all that in order, and, and I'm, I'm skipping past a lot with that, but in, for sake of time and the conversation, once you kind of have dealt with who you are and you've dealt with what you want in a spouse and that person has dealt with it and you've dealt with it together, now you can start to build something. And word of advice to anybody out there, um, if you allow anything, whether it's financial things, physical things, to supersede the friendship portion of the development of that relationship, it's probably going to fail. It, you you have chances for it to succeed. But especially with physical, when physical gets involved before there's a true foundation built, you're going to have problems. Hmm. So now fast forward and you, you've developed all that. You got your situation together. Y'all are building together. And now you're deciding to have children. When Before you're having these children, the conversation about what the expectations are for each other. When that kid comes, that's another conversation that needs to happen because life is going to change a lot in terms of time that you can spend with one another. Uh, Vacations and date nights and things like that, it all changes a lot. So being mindful of that, once you put all that in place, then I believe it's your personal responsibility to connect with other people who are in similar situations, your peer group, creating that network so you have uh, those resources available to you if you need to talk through something. And I get advice in terms of, you know, girl, what should I do? Or man, should I leave her? But hey, have you ever been through something like this? What did you do? Did you make it through it? You know, just having that type of system set up in place. Um, and then from there, it's it should be a butterfly effect that can impact the community uh, in, in a positive note. But we, we know that there have been, things that have been done to separate the family intentionally uh, and which lends itself to a lot of the issues that we have currently.
1: I like that. And I think that you called out one thing that uh, really sticks out to me is, hey, there's certain issues, certain uh, systems that have been put in place that really impact our, our family uh, from a cultural standpoint. So we have to be intentional and we have to be deliberate in our approach and the steps that we take to make sure once we're ready to form a union and have a family, that there aren't any type of disruptions to towards that because we skip some steps in the process. Right. So I heard, um, understanding what the situation is, um, establishing some of your relationship priorities, like, Hey, what's important to me, what's important to you, what's important to us as a whole. And and there's a level of resolving some old feelings in that conversation as well, maybe from a, a prior relationship, or you got to make sure your communication is on point. I, yes. I do feel, I, I believe that 100%. And then plan plan ahead. Not just we're having date nights. Date nights are great, uh, but now we're going to have a child, and date nights are going to be rare right yes. so like what what do we do and what are what are, what are some ways that we can solution towards us still having quality time together and spending time together because us spending time together is what caused us to be in this situation where we want to be together forever right um and also i th- i think there's a part of it which I, i'm pretty sure that you just um you know, you, you didn't hit it because, uh, lack of time, but there's a, a part where it's understanding each other's vulnerabilities. Yeah. Well, one understanding your vulnerabilities, right. And, but understanding your, your partner's vulnerabilities in blind spots. That way, uh, she can hold you accountable. You can hold her accountable. Um, wh- whatever that case may be, you, you have to understand that and then it's just going to be communication, communication, Going back to our original conversation where we started off with this morning is with communication, you have to be flexible. So that's where that mind body comes up. If you're, if you're practicing, you're stretching, right? You're going to be stretching a relationship. The situations are going to come up where you're going to be stretched. Yes. Are you flexible? Are you prepared for that? And it's an everyday process because it's going to be work. That's one thing that was uh, pounded in my head <laughs> hey marriages work marriages work and a good thing for for me i'm in a laid-back relationship to where we're, we're naturally laid back so we can just talk about certain things and everything's cool um, but there is a balance between your needs and the relationship needs and without clear communication and understanding and being flexible then I'm not sure how that can evolve into something greater.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and the the flip side of that coin, which is, where should I not be flexible? You know, like if if you've set your boundaries, and you're right, there there are a lot of things that I skipped over um, because of time. But uh, when you're establishing boundaries with your significant other, uh, based off of who you are, again, that should happen before you you really start dating. You should. These are things that I'm just not okay with this is a lifestyle type that I'm not okay with that should be established on the front end. And if that does come up and it's challenged later, some things you don't need to be flexible on.
1: dig it. I dig you it. Know?
0: But, yeah. but, but again, that's where that maturity piece comes in. Like you've got to for real understand why something is not okay.
1: And, and, and have some strong conversations around it. Just like my wife told me, right. I can't do it. You know? She told me that before but i put it to the test that's why i did it i put it to the test and say okay well you know you you gotta love me now it's a year later <laughs> let me tell right. you about the situation and she was like nope we gotta stand my ground on this one so hey man joel i feel like this was a great conversation brother and uh you know what i i think this is one of those conversations that we definitely got to revisit i'm pretty sure it's going to get some good feedback and some questions will yeah. come in so um i don't want to take up too much of your time today um i know there's some important things that we're working on right uh coming up Sir. pretty soon at to the top of the hour so with that being said <laughs> joe do me a favor really quickly and just put a cap on this real quick for the people
0: yeah so so again as you're traveling this journey with Dwayne and i on uh the 90s nostalgia uh, who's the boss family matters step by step and uh you may get a surprise or may not for for what we come up with next but it's a whole lot of conversation to be had for each one of these. So just sticking to today's step-by-step topic, uh, if you're planning to be a part of a family, if you're in a situation where you're involved with someone or want to be involved with someone, and there's children involved, there's a lot to consider. So be mindful of that. Be mindful of the potential impact that could have, and you know, some of the uh, uh, sometimes you may feel like you're required to do something. Um, because you don't want to damage anyone else. And that could be also very damaging for the entirety of the situation. So just being mindful in terms of the Black family and step-by-step step, what we can do to ensure that we're we're at least trying to trend in the right directions, uh, just be, again, it starts with you as an individual. Uh, like Dwayne pointed out, you gotta really take some time to figure out who you are. If you're in a position to, to get any type of counseling or therapy, I I suggest it. I think it can be very, very beneficial, Um, at least to try it once. If you get nothing from it, that's fine, but step-by-step is all about what's next. How can I continue to do something to improve the next? Uh, And even with stepchild, how can I make sure that I'm helping to improve this child's situation or this child's life uh, without sacrificing the things that I wanna achieve and accomplish and without losing sight of what should be most important, my spouse.
1: Big thank you to Joel. That was an amazing conversation on Step by Step. Please stay tuned because that story that I shared a little earlier, we're going to hit you with it with part two. For the special invited guest. Step by Step Part 2 coming soon. Please stay tuned and share the podcast with your friends or frenemies, whether it's news, entertainment or health. Everybody's dosing something. Come and get yours at the YOD Podcast. Till next time.